in the fresh. So why did he do that? Well, we've already looked at this series thus far, and we have seen that all sin resides in the flesh of the born-again believer. That in the spirit of the born-again believer is righteousness. And so that's why uh, the Apostle Paul encourages believers <coughs> to learn to walk in the spirit and thus walk in righteousness and to not walk in the flesh because to walk in the flesh is going to in fact uh, lead the believer into a practice of sin. And so he's obviously steering us away from walking in sin. He wants us to walk in righteousness. And so what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us is many things, obviously. When he went to the cross, he not only saved us from our sins, we've not only received forgiveness for our sins, he's not only paid the price for our sins, he's not only washed us from our sins in his own blood, but he also, when he was on the earth physically, uh, overcame sin in the flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh. Now there's a reason why Jesus did that. And the reason is, is so that we as believers can walk a life that is free from sin. And we pick up that uh, truth in this passage of Scripture, which is in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through to Paul. Scripture says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now a lot of people just stop right there and say, See, there's no condemnation to anyone who's in Christ Jesus. <coughs> Well, that's not true, because the scripture goes on, and it says, who, and there's a qualification there, it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So very clearly, Christians who walk according to the flesh will incur condemnation. What condemnation would that be? Well, it'll be their own spirits and their consciences that will condemn them for walking in sin, for to walk in the flesh is to walk in sin and only those who walk according to the spirit experience the life of no condemnation taking place in their lives verse 2 for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh god did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Why? That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And so very clearly, the reason that our Lord Jesus Christ condemns sin in the flesh was so that the saints can fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. What does that mean? It means that we can live as Jesus lived. We can walk as he walked. Now we can only do that because of what Jesus has done. We have no inherent uh, capability of our own to overcome sin in the flesh. You recall the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 spoke about the, the fact that in and of himself, in his inward man, he delighted after the law of God, but he found this other law that was in his flesh that transcended that uh, inward man's uh, desire to walk in uh, righteousness. And as an act of his will, he couldn't overcome sin in the flesh. He found himself doing things that he didn't want to do. 
And so the will of man is not strong enough to overcome sin in the flesh. We needed a savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what he has done. He lived, the Bible tells us in this passage, that he walked, um, God the Father made him in the likeness of sinful flesh. And so Jesus lived in a body that is just like ours. And it was subject to the same temptations that our bodies are subject to. Yet he never once submitted to those temptations. He never gave in to any one of them. He walked a sinless life from the time he was born until the time he went to the cross. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. It's very important for us that Jesus did that. Had Jesus not done that, obviously he would have been he wouldn't have been the, the spotless Lamb of God when he went to the cross. But also there is this other aspect, and that is that Jesus has um, led the way for us to also overcome sin in the flesh, condemn sin in the flesh, so to speak. Now, in order for the Christian to partake of this reality, because we read in the scripture that the reason Jesus did it was so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So that's talking about our present life now, our current life in this earth. It's not talking about uh, when we get to heaven one day, we won't be subjected to sin in the flesh anymore. Not at all. Jesus overcame or condemned sin in the flesh in his life so that we too might fulfill the righteous requirement of the law in this life. Now, what is the righteous requirement of the law? Well, um, in the Old Testament, you were not to murder. Under the New Covenant, we're not even to hate anyone because to hate somebody is to commit murder. The uh, uh, Apostle John teaches us that in his writings. And so the righteous requirement of the law is far higher than the Old Testament uh, commandments. And so we're called to a higher morality, so to speak. Now, we can do that in this life because of what Jesus has done for us in his life. But there is a requirement. What is that? The requirement is we actually have to believe it. Because if we don't believe it, because the just shall live by faith. If we don't believe it, it won't, it won't be materialized in our life. It'll just be uh, something that we read, gloss over, and discount, and move on. Um, but if we choose to believe it, there will be a transition that will begin to take place in our lives. Think about people coming into the kingdom of God. When, you, when we witness to unbelievers, and we tell them about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they can be saved, for those who choose not to believe it, that gospel doesn't benefit them whatsoever. They've heard the word, they've heard that Jesus has died for their sins, they choose not to believe it, and they walk away unsaved. Their lives don't change at all. They go back into whatever it is, they, the way they were living in, they just continue living like that. However, the individual who chooses to believe the gospel message when he hears it proclaimed, and he acts upon it. Now, how does he act upon it? The Bible teaches us that if we believe in our heart that God has raised Christ Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord, we will be saved. So the believing, for, for um, one believes unto righteousness and confession is made unto salvation. And so it's the two sides that are, that are 
are brought to bear. The, the, the belief, which is unto righteousness, and the confession, which is unto salvation. And so one cannot be saved unless one first believes what the, the gospel message is, and thus confesses Jesus Christ as their Lord. Once they meet those two conditions, a miraculous event takes place. What is that? Their spirits are born again, and they are brought into the kingdom of God. And so this, you have two people hearing the same gospel message. One walks away, doesn't believe it, and it doesn't impact on their lives at all. The other one believes it and confesses it, and what happens? Their lives are radically changed because they are now born again and they are brought into the kingdom of God. That is a miraculous work. No, no man, no human can do that. All the human does is believe it and confess it. God does the miraculous work of the new birth. But it has to be believed. Now bring that concept over to this point here where the scripture tells us that Jesus has condemned sin in the flesh for what purpose? That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Now most Christians when you tell them you can fulfill the righteous requirement of the law even as Jesus did they will say to you no you cannot that is impossible. So what has happened? They hear this word preached to them and they choose not to believe it. What happens? Nothing. They continue in their lives as they always have done, trying to live uh, as righteous a lifestyle as they know how, to the best of their ability, asking God for as much help as possible, but they don't believe what Jesus has done for them. Because again, He condemns sin in the flesh for a purpose. The purpose is in verse 4. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So we have to believe what Jesus has done for us. It's important to believe it. Once we believe, Jesus, you've done this for me. He lived a sinless life that I too may live a sinless life that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in me. And so Unless I believe it and then confess it, it, it will never materialize in my life, just like the new birth. Unless I believe the gospel and confess Jesus as Lord, I was not born again. But the moment I did, the power of God then came in and transformed me and I received a brand new spirit from God and I was thus born again. That's the miraculous work and the power of God. But it only occurred when I believed it and confessed it. And so it's so it is in this manner as well as in this uh, aspect of the Christian walk. If the Christian believes that because of what Jesus has done for them, they can walk and fulfill the righteous requirement of the law, it's then that God's power becomes involved. And that he begins to transform that Christian and they begin to walk more and more in righteousness, less and less in the flesh, more and more in the spirit. And thus they too begin to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. But it's everything by faith. This whole Christian walk is a faith walk. We cannot do anything in and of ourselves. We have to believe it 
and we have to confess it. And so this is where most Christians stumble straight away. They do not believe that it is possible for them to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. They, they, they've been taught throughout their Christian lives, really, that's, that's an impossibility. Um, you can try to live as good a life as possible and ask God for help and He will help you, but you're just, you know, that to think, to, to try and think that you can fulfill the righteous requirement of the law, they would, they would even think that, that that is blasphemy because you can't do that. That's impossible. So what have they done? They've, they've heard this passage of scripture and they've discounted it. They've ignored it. They're like the unbeliever who hears the gospel and discounts it and ignores it. There is no benefit to them for that passage of scripture. It's only those who are prepared to believe it and confess it that God then gets involved because it's by faith that we receive anything from God. We can receive nothing from God except by faith. Look at this passage of scripture, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through to 14. Uh, Paul writing, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Verse 11. Likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as righteous instruments of righteousness to God, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And the, the grace message gets distorted from this passage, but let's just stay with uh, the reality of what God actually has intended for his saints to do. In this life, it's his full intention that we should walk in righteousness that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now, how do we do that? Verse 11, he says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. What does that mean? It means this is your, should be your mindset. You need to be convinced in your mind that you have, in fact, died to sin. That because Christ Jesus has condemned sin in the flesh for us, the, thus the righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled in me. Why? Because it's no longer I who live, the book of Galatians teaches us, but it is Christ who lives in me. And so it's a changed mindset. Faith and the renewing of the mind are, are very closely interlinked. Notice that he says you need to reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. That means you have to have this mindset that sin has no dominion over me as a believer. And so I can walk free from sin. Christ has set me free from sin. That's why he says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, certainly not. And so grace is there when we do sin. But it's not the intention of God that the Christian continue in sin. It is his intention that we walk out free from sin, away from sin, walk in righteousness. And it is entirely possible for the believer who is convinced in his own mind that this is true, that I can actually do this. Why? Because it's not me, it's Christ in me. And so the, for the believer who believes that these passages of Scripture, that they've died to sin, and sin has no dominion over them, 
whatever sin might be uh, a, a stronghold in their lives, they can overcome it. How do they do that? By believing the truth. Jesus said it this way. He said, if you continue in my word, you, will, uh, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so for believers who see this particular truth in Scripture, that because Christ has condemned sin in the flesh, and because in Christ I have died to sin, I can now fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. In other words, sin no longer has any dominion over my life. And so for the Christian who changes their mindset to think along this line, they reckon themselves, as the scripture says, to be dead indeed to sin. They are now fully convinced in their minds, I can actually do this. I can walk free from sin. How? By the power of God. I, I believe it. I confess it. And God brings it to pass, just like salvation. I believe it. I confess it. And God brings the new birth about. And so it is that the Christian who believes that they can walk free from sin because of what Jesus has done and because it is Christ who's living in them and they confess that over their lives and they don't have this mindset anymore of well I'm just you know a sinner saved by grace and so I'll do the best I can Lord but you know you know me I'm gonna sin and I, we, I have this stronghold in my life and I, I can't break free from it this particular sin's got me bound um, you know, I keep asking people to pray for me and I keep crying out to God. Well, that doesn't get the job done. What gets the job done is believing what Christ has already done for us, confessing that, and then the power of God is released. Because it is only by the power of God that we can, in fact, overcome sin in the flesh. But we have to believe it. For the just shall live by faith. For the Christian who chooses not to believe it, well, obviously, this will never be a feature in their lives. They will continue through the rest of their lives struggling with sin in the flesh. They'll never overcome sin in the flesh. Uh, they will do as best a uh, walk as they can, but they'll never fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. However, for the believer who is going to believe what the Word of God says on the subject and confess it, they're the ones who are going to see the transformation taking place in their lives as God then uh, empowers them to overcome sin in the flesh, for it's Christ in us who does it. He's done it once before. He's well able to do it once again in the life of the believer who's prepared to believe that and walk in that. And so that is the reason why Jesus condemns sin in the flesh. Most believers do not enjoy that benefit. The reason they don't enjoy that benefit is because they just don't believe it. They don't believe that, well, they believe Jesus condemns sin in the flesh, yes, but it has no benefit for them. They don't believe because Jesus did that, I can now do this, which is what? I can now fulfill the righteous requirement of the law because Jesus has done it for me. And so, as I say, most believers don't believe it because they don't believe it. They never confess it. They only confess how sinful they are and how they struggle in their Christian walk. Um, but they never confess the fact that they, they are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that they have died to sin. Uh, sin has no dominion over them anymore. And that they only walk in the Spirit and they do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And they make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts, as Paul teaches us. Because they don't believe that and confess that, they do not enjoy the benefit of that. But there are a select few uh, individuals 
who see the truth in the scriptures as to what it is Jesus has done for us so that we can live in this life as Christ lived. We, as John says, he who abides in him, talking about Jesus, ought himself to walk even as Christ walked. Christ never committed any sin. Christ living in me doesn't commit any sin. Christ living in me is desirous of living through me. How does he do that? I have to believe it by faith and confess it with my mouth. Once I do that, I now allow his power to take over and my life becomes transformed and sin actually has no more place in me. I now walk in righteousness even as God has preordained that all of his saints should in fact walk. We're going to end the teaching on that.